Ah, and we are live. Welcome back to Takes by Fans. We've got a great show for you today. As always, we are live every single day at noon Eastern. If you want to watch live, head over to takesbyfans.com slash watch. If you want to watch but not live, head over to our YouTube channel, Takes by Fans. We post all of our shows and clips of the show there on a daily basis. And if you just want to listen, we are on podcasting apps, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio. So, however you want to watch or listen, we've got you covered multiple ways. Alrighty, today's a big old Saturday, first day of the new year. Whoa, happy new year, everyone. Uh, we got a great show today. We are doing an investigative pick today, folks. Man, oh man, now that we know there's no Kirk Cousins in the line balloon from Vikings plus seven to Vikings plus 13 and a half. Do we, is that good value? Is that good value now that we're rocking with not their rookie quarterback, Kellen Mond, but they're rocking with Sean Mannion. Is Sean Mannion plus 13 and a half points good value? Well, we're going to investigate, break it down and see if it is. And we will make a bonus bet this week if it is. I don't think even if Sean Mannion looks trash, I don't know if we'll feel comfortable on betting the Packers minus 13 and a half. Um, so if we do do a bonus pick, it will be with the points of Sean Mannion. But we got to figure that out to see if we can endorse that pick and make some money off of Sean Mannion to start the year. Could you imagine if we start the year, folks? We start 2022 betting and winning money on Sean Mannion. Sean Mannion, folks, have you ever heard of this dude? I've never heard of this dude before two days ago when I saw it. Sean Mannion. He was in college in like 2014, folks, 2013, okay? This is how far back we're going with Sean Mannion, okay? So we'll do the investigative pick. We've got his stats. We've got all the highlights that we could scrounge out of the bottom of the highlight barrel because nobody, this man's not putting up highlights. If this man was putting up highlights, we'd all know the name, Sean Mannion, but we don't. So we had to scrape together some highlight packages, but hey, you know, if you got it, you got it, and you know, we'll see it shine through the screen. You know, we break down film, folks. We know how to analyze what's good and what's bad. So Sean Mannion today on the show. Uh, we got our NBA daily. It's not even going to be a daily 10 because we got no clock today, folks. No clock in our NBA, so we could go NBA one hour. It could it could go that way. So we've got Sean Mannion to look at. We've got um, our favorite video to watch uh, on Saturdays, the pre-NFL.com uh, score, week 17 score, probability predictions and all that. We'll see how uh, the machines are feeling for our picks and all that. We'll talk that through and see what's going to be happening this week. So we've got all all that today on the show. So let's just kick it off with the NBA. We're not setting a clock today. We'll see how long we go. So here we go. Let's start breaking down the NBA in our NBA Infinity. Our first ever NBA Infinity. Let's get it done. Here we go. Lots of games on last night and kind of throughout the day. And uh, we had two picks going. And uh, ooh, we did not have the best uh, last day of 2021, which is great because now we're in 2022. Everything resets. Everything refreshes, folks. So Let's start uh, positively here this year and see if we can find any value in tonight's action in the NBA. We'll do that at the end. 
But uh, here we go. The first game up is the Suns at the Celtics. We thought the Suns minus three and a half was great value, but uh, you know, fools on us for thinking that. The Celtics get the big old huge old win last night over the Suns, 123-108. And I think for you know the next maybe week, two weeks, uh, since we're starting to get kind of you know in the thick of it in the NBA season, right in the middle part of the season, halfway part of the season, this Celtics team has been nothing consistent at all and they've been so up and down and I think for the next week or two while we're in kind of the middle part of the season uh, where teams are truly starting to you know are they legit are they not and we've got to really see how this Celtics team performs over the next week or two to truly get a good sense of what this Celtics team is because we have not been able to get our finger on the Celtics pulse at all this season they win last night with no Jason Tatum just Jalen Brown and man oh man Robert Williams had the best game of his career last night so I think we're going to be staying away from betting the Celtics or betting in any matchup that the Celtics are a part of for the next week and a half as we figure out, is this team legit or not, folks? I mean, they're right, uh, I don't, what's their playoff positioning? They're the 10th seed, 9th seed with their win last night. They climbed to the 9th seed in the Eastern Conference. They're 17 to 19, 4 and 6 in their last 10. So we'll see as we're kind of, like we said, middle part, getting towards the middle part of the season. We'll see if the Celtics team is legit or not, but we are going to be staying away from betting them over the next week or two. But let's start here with the Celtics since they got the big old win last night. Robert Williams got it done. 10 points, 10 assists, 11 rebounds. That's a triple-double for the big man, shooting 100% on five shots last night. Man, oh man. Oh, and to go along with that, five blocks. Five big old huge old blocks where there, there was only two other blocks by the Celtics besides Robert Williams last night. Truly a wonderful... Uh, uh, performance last night and uh, we'll see if this is uh, Robert Williams coming into his own a coming out party in the NBA of him being this dominant consistently we'll see we get Jalen Brown, 24 points on 20 shots, 11 rebounds as well. And then Marcus Smart at the one, 24 points, 3 assists, 9 rebounds. Very well done. And man, oh man, they had three players play off their bench, and they all got it done. And that's another thing that we've seen with the Celtics team. When they only play like three players off the bench, they all get great production. Josh Richardson, 19 points, 4 rebounds. Romeo Langford, 16 points. And then Peyton Pritchard, 11 points, 2 rebounds in 12 minutes. We'll definitely take that. So everything was clicking for the Celtics last night without Dennis Schroeder, without Jason Tatum. How does that make sense? And they do it against the Suns nonetheless on New Year's Day? Damn, damn. We give the Celtics a little bit of credit here. Climbing credit if they can keep it up. All right, they beat the Celtic or the Suns last night. You know they were missing a couple of pieces: DeAndre Ayton at the big, Jay Crowder at the four, and all that. But Chris Paul was still able to go last night: 14 points, eight assists, and Devin Booker 22 points, four assists, six rebounds. But he shot awful, folks: 26% on 26 shots. Jeez. Uh, we have Jalen Smith filling in for DeAndre Ayton at the five: 19.7 rebounds. Cameron Johnson in the starting lineup for Jay Crowder: 20 points, five rebounds. Great night. And then McCall Bridges still at the three: 10 points on 30. 36% shooting. Nothing great off the bench, and we need this Suns bench to truly step it up, especially without Jay Crowder and DeAndre Ayton um, in the starting lineup, and they just were not able to do that last night. So, Suns lose last night, 123-108. 
Alrighty, next game up here, our second bet. Uh, we lost our first one, Suns minus three and a half, but then we took the Bulls minus three, and the Bulls win, but they only win by two because DeMar DeRozan, game-winning three-pointer. Here we go, eight seconds left, Bulls down 1.106-105. DeMar DeRozan just kind of loses track of the clock and just has to throw up a prayer, and it does go. This is really, this was bad ball management, clock management. You've got nine seconds. He's slows it down and then waits till the clock gets down to like two seconds and he's at midcourt and then he has to just kind of you know do like a running floater three that hits it works so I guess we can't knock DeMar DeRozan too much because it hit so well done Bulls win the game on the buzzer beater because of DeMar DeRozan who we say is the best player on this Bulls team and we know they've got four great ones so, Lonzo Ball still out. Kobe White still doing his thing. And honestly, I would trade Lonzo Ball. You don't need him. Kobe White is it, folks. Kobe White, 24 points, 4 assists, 2 rebounds. He shot 6 of 7 from 3. Man, oh man, Lonzo does not do that, folks. Zach Levine, 17 points, 6, uh, six rebounds. Vucevic down low, 14 points, 16 rebounds. And then DeMar DeRozan, 28 points, led the team in scoring, 6 assists, 1 of 3 from 3, and that 1-3 that he hit was the game winner. Man, oh man, this Bulls team is great. And then they beat the Pacers, you know, Pacers, Sabonis still playing the 5, 24 points, 14 rebounds, all that was fantastic. Karis LeVert, 17 points, 6 assists, 6 rebounds, they get it done. Torrey Craig off the bench, 10 points, 11 rebounds, 5 assists, all that is good and well, but they come up short still, like we know this Pacers team does every single night. So the Bulls get the win, 108-106, because DeMar DeRozan is clutch as heck. All right, next game up, uh, Mavs at the Kings, and the Mavs get the win here, 112-96. Still no Luka Doncic here for the Mavericks, so Chris Porzingis stepping it up here, 24 points, 6 assists, 9 rebounds. He was a plus 27 on the floor, the highest plus minus of the Mavericks last night, so shout out to that. We had Jalen Brunson filling in for Luka at the 1, 23 points, 8 assists, 5 rebounds, real solid. Obviously not kind of Luka Doncic-ish, but definitely kind of, you know, knock off Luka Doncic, which is still a great comparison. And then we get Reggie Bullock at the two, 16 points, five rebounds. Nothing great here off the bench for, well, I guess, all right. Josh Green, eight points. Sterling Brown, 8.7 rebounds. And then Marquise Chris with 8.7 rebounds as well off the bench. So it's okay. No double-digit scores off the bench, but the starting lineup got it done. And then for the Kings, De'Aaron Fox still in there, one or 10 points, seven assists, but he shot pretty poorly, 21% on 14 shots. We had Marvin Bagley, 15 points, 5 rebounds, and then Tyrese Halliburton, 17 points, 10 assists to round out the good, decent production from the starters. Buddy Heald, uh, you know, taking less shots here. What's up with that? Buddy Heald's taking, you know, like four, five threes these last two games where he's consistently putting up like 10 to 15 threes a night. Not sorry about it. But uh, Buddy Heald, 25 minutes off the bench, only took seven shots, only took four threes, eight points last night. Damian Jones, 10 points, eight rebounds off the bench. And then Chimize Metu, who hit the game winner the other night, only 10 points, five rebounds off the bench. So the Mavs, Get it done without Doncic, 112.96. 
All right, then we get the Heat at the Rockets, and the Heat win 120-110. Jimmy Butler still good to go. 37 big old points by the man. Omar Yurtsevin is still at the 5 with Bam Adebayo being out. 10 points, 13 rebounds. Tyler Hero in the starting lineup at the 2, 16 points on 1 of 9 from 3. So we know Tyler Hero isn't the greatest in the starting lineup. Truly thrives off the bench. Um, you know, we saw that last season and all that. Uh, and then Kyle Lowry still playing the one, 12 points, three assists on the night. And then Kyle Guy coming out of nowhere, 17 points, three steals, four assists, four rebounds off the bench in only 23 minutes while shooting 75% from the field. Man, oh man. All right, we'll keep an eye on them. It seems like every, like everybody steps up on the heat all the time. Everybody being out, Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo. And then, you know, we get, uh, you know, Kyle Guy stepping up and we get Duncan Robinson stepping up when he needs to be the number one. We get Tyler Hero stepping it up when he needs to be the guy as well. And now this guy, Kyle Guy, steps it up as well. So shout out to the Heat. They're deep. They're dogs. They've got some real ballers on this team, folks. And they're winning games consistently with a lot of, you know, inconsistencies in the starting lineup. So we got to give this Heat team a ton of credit. And they win last night. All right, and then the Rockets, we get to Christian Wood, still at the five, obviously, 18 points, eight rebounds. Kevin Porter, seven points on 27% shooting. They need him to be so much more consistent if this Heat, this Rockets team wants to be as good as they were during that kind of seven-game win streak when everybody was talking them up. We had Ja'Shawn Tate, leading scorer off the bench, 22 points, seven rebounds, and that was really it for the squad overall. Just nothing great. Daniel Tice didn't play last night, so that was great, but they still lose the game, unfortunately, 120 to 110. All right, then we get the Hawks at the Cavs in a real great game all throughout, and uh, the Hawks get the three-point win here, 121 to 118. Let's start here with the Hawks since they got the win. Trey Young, 35 points, 11 assists. This man has been on a tear recently. Uh, we get Clint Capella, 18 points, but 23 rebounds, folks. 11 offensive, 12 defensive for a grand total of 23 big ones in the rebounding category. And then we get Skylar Mars filling in at the two here, 19 big old points. And then shout out to Lou Williams off the bench, 14 points, five assists, three rebounds. Didn't shoot well, one of six from the three, but overall we'll definitely take those 14 points. And then Cameron Oliver, 10 points off the bench as well. And then the Cavs just coming up a little short out here. Still don't have any guards. Rondo's not playing yet for the Cavs. So Isaac Okuru, 10 points at the 2. Kevin Pongos, 8 points, 4 assists at the 1. So once again, their guards are not that great. We had Jared Allen led the team in scoring for the starters, 21 points, 8 rebounds. But then Kevin Love off the bench. And shout out to Kevin Love. He's been fantastic here uh, for the Cavs. 35 points, 11 rebounds. Rebounds, four assists in 29 minutes off the bench. Unfortunately, they just don't have their scoring guards. They got Evan Mobley, who's still fantastic. 16 points, five assists, eight rebounds, shooting 66%. We'll love that. But they need some guards, some ball movements, some guys that know what they're doing. And hopefully, with Rondo there, this Cavs team can get back on track of what they were before all the injuries kind of decimated this team a little bit. So the Hawks get the nice win, 121-118. to 118. 
Then we get the Clippers at the Raptors and still no Paul George for the Clippers. So still not expecting them to win. We had Marcus Morris led the team in scoring, which is, you know, usual here without Paul George. 20.6 rebounds for Marcus Morris. Terrence Mann still in, still filling in at the three for Paul George. 18 points, 11 rebounds, and he shot 70%. It was a solid night, but not kind of that leadership, defense, and just overall uh, floor general that Paul George brings to the team. That's still what they're missing, and nobody's going to be able to fill that in with kind of the tier two players that uh, make up the Clippers without Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. We get Reggie Jackson uh, back at the one, but, you know, he's not able to single-handedly lead this team like Paul George does. Reggie Jackson, 17 points, 4 assists at the starting one, and then Luke Kennard in the starting lineup at the two, 13.6 assists, just not enough to get it done. And then for the Raptors, man, a man looking pretty healthy last night. Their starting lineup, Fred Van Vliet, Gary Trent Jr., OG Ananubi, Siakam. They still got Ken Birch at the five, but overall, you know, this is a little bit of their starting lineup right here. So Fred Van Vliet, 31 points, 9 assists, 4 rebounds. What a night by Fred Van Vliet. Gary Trent Jr., not the greatest, 10 points on 33% shooting. Ken Birch at the 5 in only 19 minutes, 6 points, 5 rebounds. OG Ananubi, though, 26.6 rebounds. And Pascal Siakam, 25 points, 2 blocks, 2 steals, 7 assists, and 19 rebounds. A plus 22 on the floor, the highest by a mile on the team for the Raptors. So, man, oh, man, they've got kind of their big, three back, Fred Van Vliet, OG Ananubi, Siakam, and now Gary Trent Jr. We've seen what he's capable of doing on this Raptors team that could expand it a little bit to a big four, but we need uh, Gary Trent Jr. just to be a little bit more consistent with all the other uh, big threes on this team. So Raptors get the nice win here, 116-108. All right, here we go. Next game, Spurs at the Grizzlies. Grizzlies get the win, 118-105. A nice dominant win here for the Grizzlies, and this team is just going on a tear right here. John Moran, 30 points, 8 assists, 6 rebounds. We have Steven Adams still at the 5, 12 points, 13 rebounds. Desmond Bain, 17 points, and Jaron Jackson Jr., 12 points. And then look at this bench, folks. Brandon Clark, 17 points, 9 rebounds off the bench in 22 minutes. And Tyus Jones, 18 points, 4 assists, 4 rebounds off the bench as well. Man, oh man, this Grizzlies team is so much better than what they were last season and that's just crazy to think with, uh, you know, having Valanchunas at the 5 last year, who's a nice offensive scoring big and their still offensive production is still the same, kind of downgrading from Steven Adams, who is not you know, the most offensively gifted big down there. So, shout out to John Morant in the depth of this Grizzlies team, all getting it done. Another win last night. And then for the Spurs, they just don't have that main guy, that killer. Derek White and Jacob Podol, the the one, the point guard, and the big, the center, both led the team in scoring with 15 points. I mean, this is what we're talking about with this team. They don't have that number one. And then nobody else in the starting lineup had double-digit points. We get D Doug McDermott shooting 28% from the field and uh, Keldon Johnson shooting 16% from the field in the starting lineup. Not enough to get it done in any game against the best teams in the league, against the worst teams in in the league. This Spurs team is unfortunately uh, done. Is their dynasty done? Is their dynasty officially done and laid to rest? 
And maybe you could have said that last season, but definitely this season, now that they don't have DeMar DeRozan anymore, they don't even have one great superstar. I think Greg Popovich's great dynasty with the Spurs has unfortunately come to an end, folks. And it's unfortunate that it's ended, but it's one of the greatest basketball dynasties that there is, folks. So um, don't cry because it's over. Smile because it happened. That is the Spurs, folks. Grizzlies get the win, 118-105. All right, last three games. Here we go. Knicks at the Thunder. Knicks lose 80 to 95. Once again, we're not betting this Knicks team. Um, Kemba Walker not even playing last night. Evan Fournier at the one, three points on eight shots. I mean, trash, trash, trash. These guards are absolute trash here for this Knicks team. Miles Big Bride fills in at the two, seven points on nine shots. Mitchell Robinson at the five, nine points, 12 rebounds. We'll give him credit. He shot 80%. And then Obi Toppin filling in for Julius Randle at the four and did not put up anything resemblance of Julius Randle. He had 5.7 rebounds last night. Uh, the only person that was doing anything meaningful all game was R.J. Barrett with th- uh, 26 big old points and seven rebounds. Nothing even good off the bench. So Nick's B squad truly floundered big time last night in the kind of A squad members that were playing with the B squad last night for the Knicks. None of those A squad members stepped up besides R.J. Barrett. So unfortunate there and then the Thunder get the win Shea Gillis Alexander 23 points one block two steals four assists four rebounds he didn't shoot the best 37% on 24 shots but hey 23 points will definitely take that and then just Aaron Wiggins uh, 13 points in the starting lineup nobody else doing anything good Isaiah Roby eight points in the starting lineup Paul Watson two points in the starting lineup and Lugan Stort six points in the starting lineup on 16% shooting once again Lugan Stort trash offensively but a solid defense so, uh, nothing good by, by either of these teams. Trash game. Thunder win, though, 95-80. to 80. Then we get the Timberwolves at the Jazz. Uh, Timberwolves only had one of their big three, and that was Anthony Edwards, and he was their leading scorer last night. 26 big old points. We had Malik Beasley, 22 points, and Patrick Beverly, 11.6 assists. But other than that, nothing good for that Timberwolves team like we know. And then the deep Jazz got it done last night. Donovan Mitchell, 39 points. Rudy Gobert, 14.16 rebounds. Bohan Bogdanovich, 24 points points 12 rebounds and this is the Bogdanovich he's finally back folks we get Bohan Bogdanovich consistently great like last season Bogdanovich took a couple you know a couple of months honestly to get this consistent but now he's here finally like he was last year fantastic and then the great bench Jordan Clarkson 20 points and Rudy Gay 12 points three assists three rebounds Hassan Whiteside would be mentioned as well but he only played seven minutes so uh everybody got it done for the Jazz last night like we know deepest team in the league and they win another one 120 to 108 and then the last game of the night the Blazers at the Lakers and LeBron 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 exited 2021 on a bang a big old bang a Mike Breen bang if you will LeBron James 43 points 14 rebounds forces two steals two blocks shooting 61% on 26 shots shooting 5 of 10 from the 3 Sheesh, fantastic. We had Russell Westbrook. He was the leader in the plus minus, folks. Plus 29 on the floor, 15 points, 12 assists, 13 rebounds, and only four turnovers. Russell Westbrook had it under control last night. Shout out to him. 
And then Malik Monk, once again, we told y'all he would be the reason why this Lakers team succeeds overall. We know LeBron's going to do his thing. Anthony Davis usually does his thing when he's healthy. And Russell Westbrook, uh, you know, he's uh, okay. Uh, but Malik Monk, 18 points, 2 of 5 from the 3. He was a plus 28 on the floor. That was his second highest plus minus last night. So Malik Monk got it done. And then some solid contribution from the bench here. We had Trevor, uh, Taylor Horton Tucker, 10 points, 3 assists three rebounds, Austin Reeves, 10 points, and also Carmelo Anthony, 16 points in only 20 minutes. Shout out to that. So the Kings energy was infectious last night, and they get the win of the last win of 2021. And then the Blazers, once again, womp womp. Damian Lillard, 18 points, 7 assists. He shot 1 of 8 from the 3. Once again, Dame time is uh, just non-existent. And uh, the ball dropped, and uh, it's still not Dame time, unfortunately. We had Ben McLemore led the team in scoring by a mile by coming off the bench, 28 points. Nothing else good here by the Blazers. So the Lakers get a dominant win to exit 2021, winning 139-106. to Alrighty, that was all the NBA from last night. Now let's see, see quickly if we can make a little bit of money on the first of the year. Can we ring in 2022 with a bang and going 100%? How long can we go 100% on our picks? Let's see how many days. Here we go. Let's uh, look at the NBA games today and see if there's any great value we could take uh, advantage of and do a little bit better than what we did yesterday going 0-2. But here we go. First matchup up, Pelicans at the Bucks. Pelicans plus 11.5, Bucks minus 11.5 here. Let's see all the ins and outs. Uh, Valanchunas is out for the Pelicans, so we're definitely not taking the Pelicans plus 11. Jonas Valanchunas and Brandon Ingram are their best two players. Valanchunas is out, and Brandon Ingram is a game-time decision, so no great value here. And then for the Bucks, Brooke Lopez is out still, and Chris Middleton is out. So we'll stay away from this one. The Bucks should win, but I don't really want to swallow 11 and a half here. Maybe a little bit of a New Year's Eve hangover by Giannis. We know he likes to party a little bit. He likes to try all the American traditions and customs and all that. If you watch this man on Twitter, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, but we'll stay away from this one. No great value either way. Then we get the Bulls at the Wizards, and the Bulls are in the back-to-back, -back, so we're staying away from this game completely. Next one up, Spurs at the Pistons, Spurs in the back-to-back, -back, and we know the Spurs are bad, so that's just doubly staying away from this matchup in uh, totality. We get the Clippers at the Nets, Clippers on the back-to-back, -back. we're definitely staying away from this one as well, but uh, let's see, is Paul George still out for this game? Paul George is still out, man, oh man, not good. Next one up, Nuggets at the Rockets, Nuggets minus seven, Rockets plus seven, staying away from this one, once again, Rockets on the back-to-back, -back. and the Nuggets swallowing seven with them, we don't do that, no, 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 we don't swallow any points with the Nuggets, we don't even bet the Nuggets at all, even if they get points, y'all know how we feel about this Nuggets team, and then the last game of the night, the Warriors at the Jazz, Warriors plus four and a half, Jazz minus four and a half, and uh, the Jazz on the back-to-back, y'all know we don't bet the back-to-back, -back, so. Alrighty, I guess we're not taking anything tonight here in the NBA. Alrighty, so I guess we will go one full day without losing a bet because we're not taking anything tonight. We're not betting on any college football games today. We're just going to enjoy them and uh, these basketball games. I don't think there's any great value. And, you know, we uh, got suckered into believing good value yesterday with the Suns minus three and a half and the Bulls minus three. So we're not going to push anything here. We're going to go into tomorrow's Sunday. 
Sunday slate with our first action of betting in 2022. That's what we're going to do. All righty, folks. That is all the NBA we had to go over for today. Alrighty, now let's head over and shift gears to the NFL where we've got two things to do. Watch our favorite video to watch on Saturday, NFL's Week 17 win probability and predictions. But, but before we get into that, folks, there is a quarterback playing this week that is not our traditional starting quarterback. And that quarterback is, drumroll please, quarterback Sean Mannion. Sean Mannion, folks. Sean Mannion will be playing. Um, hang on. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sean Mannion is going to be. Okay, I, I read the tweet wrong, but we're all good. Yes, Sean Mannion is playing this week for the star uh, for the Vikings starting quarterback here. No Kirk Cousins. He's on the COVID nineteen list, but Sean Mannion will be good to go. Now, what's interesting here is that they're not starting rookie quarterback Kellen Mund. Why aren't you doing that? I understand that this is a must win game for the Vikings if they want to get in the playoffs. So they're going to go with Sean Mannion, who has a little bit more experience. Not good experience. And when we look at these stats, folks, you, you'll know what we mean. Uh, but Sean Mannion's going to be going here for the Vikings in a must-win game. Not going with uh, Kellen Mund, the rookie quarterback. They don't think he's got enough experience. And they don't feel comfortable with him at the helm in a must-win game. So, Sean Mannion's playing this week for the Vikings. We saw when Sean Mannion was announced as the starting quarterback here this week we saw the line go from Vikings plus seven and that was with Kirk Cousins to Vikings plus 13 and a half now with Sean Mannion that's a six and a half point swing right there based on the quarterback so first of all let's see if the line has changed any over the last day uh nope it's still Vikings plus 13 and a half so this is going to be a bonus investigative pick. Is 13 and a half points great value? Now, it, so far, it's looking like great value because what do we know about the Packers? They don't blow out any team. Even if the Packers pick off Sean Mannion three times like they did Baker Mayfield last week, they may only win by two, five, six, maybe seven points max. So overall, just optically right now, Vikings plus 13 and a half is still looking like solid value, but we're going to watch Sean Mannion. We're going to look at his stats in college and in the pros that even play in any pro games. We're going to break it all down. We'll watch some highlights, the ones that we could find, because trust me, it's not easy finding Sean Mannion highlights. Uh, so we're going to see, does Sean Mannion give us enough confidence to take 13 and a half points? Is this the highest spread this week? No, we get the Bills at minus 14 and a half. We get uh, the Patriots at minus 16. And we get Tampa Bay Bucks at minus 13 and a half. So, let's break down Sean Mannion and see if we can take the Vikings plus 13 and a half or if we should go the other way and take the Packers minus 13 and a half in our bonus investigative pick of the week. Yes? Alrighty, so here we go. Now that we know what's up, let's start breaking down Sean Mannion and to break down a quarterback, we gotta go back to college, folks. We always start with quarterbacks, college stats. We gotta see the root. Where did you start? Were you great? 
great in college and then you just never got your chance in the NFL? Were you bad in college? That's not going to be a good sign. And then somehow made it to the NFL. So here we go. Sean Mannion, quarterback at Oregon State from 2011 to 2014. Alrighty, so he spent four years in college. Alrighty, here we go. First year, freshman year, played 12 games, 64% completion percentage. Now that's okay. And NFL, that, that'd be good. 62 to 65% completion percentage for an entire season in the NFL is real good. That's what we love. But in college, we know the defenses are trash, and we really want to see you like 68 to like 72 percent um in college so he's not the greatest here not really hitting our metric here freshman year 3300 yards pretty solid there 16 touchdowns 18 interceptions is absolutely trash not even having a two to one touchdown to interception ratio not even having a one to one inter touchdown to interception ratio in college is absolutely trash you should be having like seven eight nine ten to one touchdown to interception ratio in college folks these college defenses are trash. So freshman year, nothing great by uh, Sean Mannion, and he didn't make it to a bowl game. Once again, we we weigh bowl games heavy here. Bowl games are one metric where if you don't get it done in the bowl game, we're really not going to be believing in you that much heading into the draft and into the NFL and all that because you have so much time to prepare for bowl games, like a month to prepare. You must be on your A game in the bowl game. He didn't get there in 2011, his freshman year. So overall, not a bad first year for college. You know, you're going from high school to college and all that, and next step, a next level in overall football competition. So not a bad start here by Sean Mannion. Let's see if he gets better. That's another thing we have to see in college. You getting incrementally better every single year. Um, because if you're not getting better in college every single year, then you're not going to get better in the NFL every year, where literally the competition gets better every single year. More um, athletic edge rushers I mean we get Michael Parsons now did you think Michael Parsons would ever be you know like a prototypical NFL player 30 years ago no now we've got you know advancements in technology and conditioning and uh, nutrition and all that and Michael Parsons is what that product is of sports technology and overall sports just information just because of all the you know uh cryogenic therapy and having you know meal uh, meal plans and all that nutrition now that we finally know you know the the pyramid the food pyramid is absolute garbage um so just everything we get uh we increase as a society we increase our overall athleticism and all that so you got to get better every single year keep up with the competition and all that but we digress let's get back to sean mannion so here we go, second year, sophomore year. He got to a bowl game. We'll see how he did in that one and if he won it. But here we go, season stats, 64% completion percentage. So basically the same completion percentage on 170 less throws. That is not good. That is not good at all. Uh, 2,400 yards, once again, trash there. And 15 touchdowns, 13 interceptions. That is trash as well. So nothing great there in 2012. Let's see what he did in the bowl game. 
game. You better have got it done. If you didn't get it done in this bowl game, folks, we are truly not going to be buying Sean Mannion that much. And he's going to have, you know, his back against the wall of getting us to be believers in the man. So here we go. Uh, he didn't, did he not play in the bowl game? He didn't even play in the bowl game. Yikes. Let's see what Oregon State did in 2012 in their bowl game. Did they win the bowl game without their starting quarterback? Because I'll tell y'all that would not be good either. So here we go. 2012. Let's go to the bowl game. They lost it. All right. Now that, that shows something good on Sean Mannion. They don't win without him. That's solid. All right. Let's go to his next year. Here we go. 2013, he got to the bowl game again. Hopefully, he actually competed and won this one. Here we go. 2013 season, junior year. 66% completion percentage. There we go on 600 attempts. That's what we're talking about. 4,600 yards. Yes. 37 touchdowns, 15 interceptions. Not the best, but that's solid. So, so far, this is his best year, junior year. Yeah, yeah. Great year overall. Now, we got in the bowl game did he complete a great year while winning the bowl game he does okay Sean Mannion we're loving it now we're starting to come around on the man we love it here we go the bowl game against Boise State 72 percent completion percentage 259 yards one touchdown one interception that's not the greatest but I'll take 72 percent on 259 yards that's solid work right there all right Alrighty, Sean Mannion. We're starting to buy him a little bit here. Let's see how he ended his last year, senior year at Oregon State. Reverts a little bit. 62% completion percentage, his worst of his career. 3,100 yards, his second worst of his career. 15 touchdowns, 8 interceptions. So cleaning up the interceptions as his uh, four years advance. Never really kind of going crazy with the touchdowns besides one year. So we cut down on the interceptions. That was his best thing senior year, but everything else was coming down big time, so that's not the greatest there by Sean Mannion. Didn't even get to the bowl game in 2014 his last year either, so not the greatest. So overall, not the greatest uh, college career, and this college career resulted in a third-round pick in the 2015 draft to the St. Louis, St. Louis, folks, St. Louis Rams. All right. Now, let's see. Is this man a dual-threat quarterback? Is that why these passing yards sometimes are lower? And that's why, you know, these completion, these uh, passing attempts kind of came down in 2012 and 2014? Is this man a rushing quarterback? Let's see. Here we go. Whoa. <laughs> what? What are these numbers? He's got negative rushing yards every year. I didn't get negative rushing yards. Oh, my gosh. This man does not have an athletic bone in his body he just keeps getting sacked he doesn't rush at all does he just never rush and he keeps getting sacked over and over and over again for negative rushing yards every year negative rushing yards 2011 freshman year negative 190 rushing yards 2012 negative 85 rushing yards 2013 his best season still negative 223 rushing yards in 2014 his worst year by far his worst year by far negative 306 rushing yards how 
How is this even possible? This is absolute. This is this is atrocious right here. This man's got no athleticism. We have to watch these highlights. What does this man look like running in the backfield, rolling out of the pocket, escaping pressure? He must not be able to escape any pressure ever, ever, folks. Negative rushing yards for an entire year, every year. This is insane. This is insane. He's averaging losing six yards a rush. He's folks. This is what he's averaging every time he's going to take off and rush. He's going to lose six yards. How? Oh my god. Well, I think I'm off on Sean Marion, Sean Mannion just on that stat alone. So overall, Sean Mannion truly was not good in college. He had one good year that probably truly led him of getting drafted in the third round, but everything else is pure garbage by this man. Oh my goodness. This is absolutely absurd. I cannot believe these numbers right here. Negative 804 rushing yards through his entire college career. Oh my goodness. Alrighty, well, okay, we've got a different opinion on Sean Mannion now. Holy moly. Alrighty, so that's what he did in college, and then he ended up getting drafted here. Never started a game his rookie year, getting drafted to the Rams. Never started a game, only threw the ball seven times. Uh, 2016, the following year, never started a game, only threw the ball six times. Uh, 2017, he got his first start, and uh, we don't have the highlights to this game. We got a couple of highlights overall. Uh, but yeah, Sean Mannion never really did anything in the league. He started two games in his career, 2017 and 2019, and in both those starts came at the very last week of the season. So garbage time didn't didn't matter whether the Vikings win or lose the game. So they should throw Sean Mannion out there, and I believe he lost both games. So not good as a starter. Yeah, 0 and 2 record. <clears throat> So, we haven't really seen Sean Mannion in the league, so that's why we have to break down all the highlights that we did. So, trash in college. Now, let's see. Let's see. Did he run in the NFL? Is he still getting negative rushing yards here in the NFL? Yes! Oh, my God. Oh, my God. He's still getting negative rushing yards in the NFL. His year one, where he only played one game and threw seven times, still minus one rushing yards. 2017, where he threw the ball six times, negative two rushing yards on nine rushes, folks. Why are y'all having Sean Mannion, first of all, run more times than he's throwing the ball when you know he's going to lose six yards a rush this is absurd 2018 negative nine rushing yards on seven rushes and in 2019 minus five rushing yards on six rushes this is absolutely insane folks absolutely this man must be the most unathletic quarterback that there is folks and they're facing the Packers with a great defense so if Sean Mannion can't escape the pocket or anything good good luck oh my god how are how do how how do they got confidence going with Sean Mannion over Kellen Mond, folks? Man, man, give the rookie a chance. Sean Mannion, the 29-year-old unathletic garbage quarterback? That's who y'all are rocking with? Man, maybe the film shows and tells a different story. It's got it, but I can't wait to see how this man just walks and runs as he's dropping back in the pocket and all that. Man, oh, man. 
So here we go. Now that we've got the stats out of the way, we've got some highlight uh, tape on the man. So let's go back to college here. Here we go. This was his best season, 2013. Remember, that was his best overall season in college, 36 touchdowns, something like that. It was great. So here we go. His 2013 highlights. This was when he was at his best, folks. So we're going to kind of weigh this footage, probably the heaviest out of all the other footage, where we've got three more videos to watch on the man but here we go 2013 highlights Steve uh, Sean Mannion this is gonna weigh the most and it's three minutes and 40 seconds and once again we are gonna keep tabs on his rushing how does he look running because those numbers show pure unathleticism folks that's absolutely absurd so here we go. Let's see what this man can do. Let's see what this man looks like. And here we go. Sean Mannion. First look at Sean Mannion. What do we get from the man? Here we go. First play. Going a little deep here. All righty. And this was an okay ball. A little bit of a 50-50 jump ball. Not the greatest, but it got there for a completion on third and two. That was pretty clutch. Let's count the yards on this one. Just get a light, little baseline um, arm strength. So he rips this one from the 30-yard line, getting it all the way down to about the 35. So about 35 yards right there. Okay. Let's keep that in mind. All right. Next play up here. Going deep again. Man, oh, man, this man loves slinging this ball down the field. And this one's in double coverage. Okay, this is just a good catch by the receiver. I don't know if that's a great throw overall in double coverage. I wouldn't do that against this Packers defense. But let's count the yards again on this one because he's launching it deep. Here we go. Throwing it from the 25-yard line, getting it all the way down to the 20. So we get 25 to the 50, 30 to the 20. That's Is that 55 yards clean right there? That's pretty good. I'll give him that all righty so decently big arm and he loves to uncork it and let it rip all righty but once again remember this was his highest throwing season and every other season was really kind of below where it needs to be and I get it he's at Oregon State so they're not you know a top you no know, 25 program or anything like that so they're not getting the best weapons repeatedly but still you've got to get it done you've you've, you've got to be the quarterback there's really no excuses you're the guy you still got to get it done but let's go back to the film here and let's see what what he's doing here he goes he's letting it rip again here he's gonna launch this one right from the goal line folks right from the goal line all the way down this is a great throw right here to the 45 yard line on the other side of the field 50 45 so yeah once again 50 55 yards and that's the big arm and that's what we need in the NFL if you can't throw 55 yards in the NFL you really should not be a starting quarterback in the league so <clears throat> Sean Mannion that's probably the best thing that we've got so far on him his arm strength but once again this is from 2013 we're about nine we're about nine years removed from this so we know what happens to arm strength as you progress in your career exhibit a is big ben um so i don't know is sean Mannion's arm still gonna be this big this is absurd that this dude is getting the start here in 2022 i cannot believe it here we go in the red zone. A nice little dart. That was nice right here. Keeping his eyes down the field. Once again, this man is, look at this man shuffle in the, this man is got no athleticism at all. I've already, he's not even running here. He's just shuffling in the pocket. I already can tell that this man is unathletic. Here we go. Ripping it deep again. This is wide open. This is right on the money. This is a nice draw right here. Ripping it from his own 20 yard line. Getting it down to about the 40. Alrighty, so about 30 yards clean right there, 40 yards clean right there. 
What else do we got? I want to see this man run with the ball. Once again, going deep right here. He loves to just air this out. Every highlight that we've seen is like 40 yards at minimum. Man, man, I've never seen a highlight package like this. We get him back in the red zone here. Going, floating it. This is nice right here. Navigating the pocket a little bit. A little bit. Throwing here. Lofting it over the defenders. That's a pretty good throw in the red zone. I'll give him credit for that. <clears throat> What else do we got by this man? Got to see this man run. I need to see this man run. He's got to be slower than Tom Brady, folks. Got to be. All right, here we go. Launching it deep again. Another 50-50 ball. And once again, these are all just great jobs by the receivers of going up and winning this ball. This is a nice back shoulder throw in the red zone right here for the touchdown. This is the best ball I've seen him throw all highlight package long. This is fantastic. Back shoulder. Holy moly. A one-on-one -on -one coverage. That was perfect. This is perfect right here. Yeah, yeah. That's the throw. Okay. I see. Can he keep this up? Build upon this. That's on third and 12, too. That's clutch as heck. We love it. Here we go. In overtime. I believe this is the same game. In the red zone. Throwing that strike. Boom. Winner. This might be the game winner. This is the game winner. Yeah, yeah. Sean Maddie with some game winners. Some clutchness in those jeans. Okay. Back in the red zone wide open floats it there in the back of the end zone okay solid throw there but you know that's an easy one here we go back in the red zone wide open floats it there once again that's too easy what do you got? We Can can you show me? There, There's no highlights of him running because he can't run. So once again, I don't know if he can even bet on this man or believe in this man if he can't run. That stat is the most alarming stat I've ever seen on any player, any year, at any era in the sport, folks, at any position. Negative 800 rushing yards for four years? I can't even picture what that looks like. That's so absurd. Here we go, back of the end zone, toe tapping here. This is a pretty good throw. That's a pretty good throw right there. Back of the end zone, in the red zone. For the score, you got to give him credit. Here we go, in the red zone again. Pretty solid throw, decently open. Puts it on him a tad high, but overall it's a completion for the touchdown. Not going to nitpick it too much. Here we go, back in double coverage in the back of the end zone. Somehow gets it there. It's a pretty good throw over the top. Do the Vikings, the Vikings do have some nice over-the-top receivers and Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson. Let's make sure those two players are good to go this week because you're definitely going to need great receivers with this man. He just chucks it up and you better have some receivers that can go up and get it. Definitely against this Packers defense here. So here we go. Let's double check if Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson are good to go or are they questionable or anything like that. So here we go. Uh, Adam Thielen is on IR. Uh, uh, uh. Is he going to be activated before the game? And Justin Jefferson is all good to go. All right. So let's uh, find out some news on Adam Thielen. Will he be good to go? Let's get this up really quickly. Adam Thielen, week 17. Let's see. Alrighty, here we go. Feels sore, but hopeful for week 17. So Mike Zimmer said on Sunday that is, uh, Thielen is feeling sore following his early departure. Um, what else do we get? What else do we get? Let's go to the news tab. News tab. Adam Thielen, injury update. Adam Thielen, feels sore, but hopeful for week 17. That's what we're just getting. Hopeful, hopeful. Ugh. Ugh. Vikings place Adam Thielen on IR. Nope. So he was just placed on IR two days ago. So he's not going. So that was an old article. So yeah, Adam Thielen is out, folks. No, no. I think we're. I think we've seen enough. But we'll give you know uh, Sean Mannion. I guess the the 
uh, the respect? Does he deserve any respect? We'll give him some respect here and finish off these highlights, but he's going to have to show something immaculate in these NFL games that we're going to watch because no Adam Thielen. He loves to just throw it up. He's got a little bit of a cannon arm, but that's eight years ago and he can't run. Mm-hmm. On the road, must win game. Green Bay going to be cold. Is it going to be cold in Green Bay? Let's get the weather up here. Let's get the weather. <clears throat> NFL, uh, game day weather, game day weather, because if it's cold, eh, definitely not going with 13 points here with Sean Mannion, so here we go, it's going to be 9, is it going to be 9 degrees? It's going to be 9 degrees out. Oh, my God. It's going to be cold. Sean Mannion in the cold. No, 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 no. Is this right? Nine, 7 degrees? Is this correct? It says 33 degrees and clear. That says 9 degrees. 9 degrees Fahrenheit? Interesting. All right, they get nine, but I get 33 on the score mobile. All right, either way, it's going to be a little cold. 33 is still pretty chilly, yeah? So overall, it's going to be cold. It's going to be a little cold in Green Bay. All right, let's get back to the highlight here, if we can even call it a highlight. Here we go. Back in the red zone, Sean Mannion, sling over the middle of the field. That's good. Decent in the red zone. Um, but just once again, this one year alone, this is where he has 30-plus touchdowns every other season, like 15, 16, 17. That's nothing good. Here we go. Nice throw right here from the 30-yard line. Nice floater. Throws it right on the money. Solid accuracy right there. Here we go. Launching, letting it rip right there. A little slow. Throwing from the left hash to the right sideline. Almost. Defender was almost able to get there, and they're going to be able to get there in the NFL, folks. Here we go. Sean Mannion. Is this a Sean Mannion QB sneak on fourth and one? No, he fumbles the snap. He fumbles the snap. That's probably why he's got negative 800 rushing yards is because he's fumbling all these snaps and letting the ball run, uh, bounce all the way behind him. He has to scoop it up, and there's no time to run with it, and he's just instantly tackled. All righty. So those are all the highlights for um, from his best year. That was his best year, folks, right there. That was his best year. Mm, I, I didn't love anything there. I didn't love anything. Solid arm strength, 55. Okay, I'll give him that. That's the best thing that we saw, 55 arm strength. And he had one good back shoulder throw in the red zone. That's it. All right, let's move on here in the highlights here. Here we go. Now, this is the most recent tape we got. Should we go to this one or the second most? This is the second most recent tape. Um, so here we go. Preseason, week one, 2019. Playing for the Vikings, where he has he has got a little history with the Vikings. That's why they feel comfortable on going with Sean Mannion over Kellen Mund. But overall, I don't give a damn if he's been your best friend for your entire life. I still don't start this man based on what I saw from him in his best year, 2013. So here we go, 2013 to 2019, big old time jump. Is he still good? And hopefully we could see what he looks like running the ball, and let's see what happens now that he's in the NFL with NFL speed and all that. Is he still looking good? So here we go. Preseason 2019, and then we're going to watch an actual game 2019 last week of the year, week 17. Remember, we told you he started two games in the NFL, both week 17, once in 2017, and once in 2019. So we've got the 2019 game, his most recent game. So here we go. Let's start with the preseason one first. Here we go. 
Uh, just trying to do a little bit of a dink off here, and it's high. It's a high ball, and that's exactly what we saw in college. Just throwing it up, so it's not even an incompletion, or or excuse me, it's not a batted pass by the defender or an interception. He likes to throw it high, having your receivers to go up and get it. No Adam Thielen. I say no thank you on the 13 and a half points so far. We'll see if that changes. I don't think it will. We're we're going to have to see a miracle for that to change. But let's keep it up here. First throw a little bit high. Next throw, play action. Uh, he is not, he, yo, this man cannot move in the pocket, folks. This man cannot move in the pocket. It's a dink and dunk to Dalvin Cook. Okay. Holding. It gets it brought back. Here we go. Next next play play action dump it off it's a setup screen again here again so this isn't anything with Sean Mannion screening it up here here we go next play going a little bit deep here we go okay now that was a great ball right here solid little three-step drop back slings it to the left sideline on second and seven gets the first down that was good right there the velocity was great on that ball I love that here we go dinking it down a little bit and this one's an incomplete pass this seemed to be on the money on target Seem to get maybe tipped at the line. Once again, a little high overall. Could be down a little bit lower. So this do this man does throw high. When he does throw, if it's going to be off, it's going to be high. All right, here we go. Approaching the red zone. Floating it up. Receiver comes back to the ball and gets it. This isn't a well-thrown ball at all. This is underthrown. Underthrown. It goes for the touchdown, but this is preseason. All that. We get back up. Second string, third string. Finding out who could play. All right, here we go. They're up 14 to 6. Nice little dink down again for about five yards. Okay. Oh, once again, dink down over the middle of the field in double coverage. He threw this one in double coverage, folks. No, no. And it was behind. That was bad. This is a bad ball. I don't know why they're going with this dude. Almost jumped right here. This should have been a pick six. Just jumping, throwing an out route. But that was great by the defender. He doesn't know what's open here. He doesn't know what's open in the NFL. Another dink down for five yards. Congrats. We know how that does in the league. It's going to lose. Another little dink down right here on a crossing route. Out. Next play, uh, ball tipped at the line of scrimmage, was about to throw this one in double coverage on a comeback route. Luckily, that ball didn't get there because it got batted at the line of scrimmage. Here we go, dinking it down again for the five yards. And this is, he's trying to do something right before halftime. Those last, like, five dinking dunks that we said was, like, two minutes left in the first half. Try to do something before halftime. Try to get those points, but he wants to dink and dunk. Dink and dunk on a two-minute drill. How funny is that? Um, absolutely absurd. What do we got? We got a flag up here. False start. Trash. Trash. Can't even command, you know, the two-minute drill and all that. Getting the guys um, off balance. And that's what he did. He played the entire first half of preseason game number one and looked absolutely bad. And once again, we see his immobility in the pocket, folks. He is not looking good or comfortable. He doesn't uh, feel comfortable in the pocket. He tiptoes and he's got no athleticism in the pocket.
But let's see if anything has changed. Now, that was from 2019, first week basically of the year, you know, preseason. Now, the exact opposite, an entire full year to learn, get better, practice, reps, film on every team, and it culminates to this point right here, the highlights from week 17, final week of that 2019 year. Sean Mannion, what have you learned? What have you improved upon? And can you get it done? So here we go. Now, this is the entire highlight for the entire game. So we are going to have to skip around to just the Vikings offense to watch this, man. But we are up for the task and we can do it efficiently and speedily and all that. So here we go. Vikings start with the ball. First play of the game. They run the ball. We don't care about this. We care about Sean Mannion highlights. Now, another good thing about Sean Mannion is that he is going to have two great running backs at his disposal with... Uh, Delvin Cook and Alexander Madison. Those are both great wide uh, running backs that can get it done. So expect a run-heavy game by the Vikings, obviously. But here we go. Next play up, it's a toss, and he can't even toss it well. Look at how this dude tosses this ball. It's right to the knees of Delvin, or the running back. I think that's Delvin Cook. It may not be, and if it's not, I don't care. You're still throwing it to the knees. We are focusing on the quarterback here, and on a pitch, you throw it to the knees of the running back. So we just, we just said he's got two great running backs, but they'll be kind of mute in the game if he's doing things like this. Oh, my. Oh my goodness, oh my goodness. This is nothing good. I'm I'm right I've been ready to call this 20 minutes ago that this man cannot play and that we are definitely not taking the 13 and a half, but let's keep it up here. Here we go. Now he's off on offense so we can skip around. Thank goodness we don't have to subject ourselves to that garbage level of quarterback play. Here we go. Back on the field, dropping back, dinks it down exactly what we saw in the preseason. Running back couldn't hold on to this one. Um, not really Sean Mannion's fault 100%, but this is a pick. <laughs> this is a pick. Uh, trash. All right. Uh, back to not Sean Mannion highlights. Let's get back to a Sean Mannion highlight here. Here we go. Sean Mannion back at it. Here we go. Dropping back to pass. There we go. Nice little comeback route on the left sideline. That was good. Here we go. Third and six. You're only down six nothing, so still in the game. Second quarter. <clears throat> Dinks it down. All righty. He loves to dink down. He doesn't open it up at all. Here he goes, still moving the ball. Hands it off. It goes big. Next play, they hand it off. It goes decent. Third and nine in the red zone. Third and nine in the red zone. And he gets pressure, and he almost throws an interception trying to set up the screen. So once again, this man's got no athleticism in the pocket. He cannot escape any pressures, folks. Cannot escape any pressures. Let's quickly take a look. We've got the 2020 standings up. Yeah, the 2021 standings. Uh, let's take a look at the defense here by the Packers. Do they get a lot more sacks than average? Let's see here. Let's get to the defensive stats here overall for this season and just see where this Green Bay Packers team ranks in kind of sacks. We get sacks. We get a sack category. Uh, passing, sacks, defense, sacks. No sacks? No sack? Interesting. All righty. All right, so I guess we won't look at that. <laughs> we won't look at that. Do they get more interceptions than people? Uh, Packers defense, where do we get it? It's got 20, uh, 18 interceptions so far, and the average is 12. So they pick. They pick, folks. They love to pick. And Sean Mannion, with all these inaccurate dink and dunks, uh, he could be throwing a lot of interceptions here. 
Yeah, really interesting that we get no sack category. Interesting. Let me letting me down a little bit. Pro Football Reference. Damn. All right. All right. Let's get back to the film here. Back to the highlights. Here we go. Uh, Sean Mannion back at it right here. Almost threw that interception off the screen. All right. Here we go. Let's skip to another Sean Mannion highlight. And we don't get one, so we got to keep going. Here we go. Sean Mannion backed up at his own one-yard line. This is disastrous. No, let's see what happens. Sean Mannion hands off the ball, and it's going to be a safety. Safety, because obviously you blitz everybody. Sean Mannion throwing the ball on, one, on the one-yard line. I welcome that. I invite that. I show I blitz everybody. All 11 defenders are all stacked on the line. That's what I would do if Sean Mannion is throwing the ball from the one-yard line. So they get a safety right there. <laughs> safety. Could you imagine what this Packers defense is going to do to this team? Uh, with Sean Mannion. All right, here we go. Here we go. Sean Mannion back at it. Let's see what he can do. Down 11-3 to still in the game. They hand the ball off, and the running game is absolutely going crazy right here. Here we go. Get some at a third and three. Sean Mannion throws the ball on a little bit of a dink down because he got pressured, and the ball is it's complete, but they're going to put him two yards short of the first down. They have to settle for another field goal. Great running attack, but Sean Mannion in the red zone. Approaching the red zone is trash. We know. Can't score touchdowns. They have to settle for field goals. Here we go. Still, once again, continuing without a Sean Mannion highlight here. We get a third and one. They hand off the ball. They pick it up on the ground game. And once again, we get no Sean Mannion highlight after that. So a turnover or just incompetence like we probably know. Um, well, they probably show the turnover. In the highlight. Um, but here we go. Sean Mannion's back. Here we go. Sean Mannion. Back at it. Down. 18-6 to six in the third quarter. Three minutes left. Sean Mannion. Nice little comeback route. Delivers it well. Picks up the first down. Okay. A third and five. Approaching the red zone at the Bears 26-yard line. Sean Mannion dropping back and just goes to the open receiver on the check down. Now in the red zone. They hand off the ball. It goes pretty good. Nine yards. Let's see. Do we get Sean Mannion throwing the ball from the 10-yard line? Let's see. What do we got up next here? Next highlight, third and goal from the one. Third and goal from the one. Sean Mannion hands it off because obviously you're not trusting Sean Mannion to do it himself, and that's a touchdown. All righty. Sean Mannion back out it. Back at it. Sean Mannion down five points, down 18 to 13. Start of the fourth quarter at his own 20-yard line. Sean Mannion on the play action going deep for 10 yards, and that's a strike right there. But once again, watch Sean Mannion roll out of this pocket, folks. He does not want to run. He is not interested in running. He knows he can't run, so he just sets his feet and flings it down to a well-covered receiver, but it is caught. On third and two, empty backfield. Oh, I bring everybody. Empty backfield, Sean Mannion going deep, and he gives his receiver a chance. This is a nice 50-50 ball right here. This is a real well-thrown ball. Still a little high, still a little high like we know, but overall, this is a real good ball on the sideline. Unfortunately, the receiver could not bring it in. Now, uh, this does pick it up because they get um, unnecessary roughness on the defense. So, uh, Matt Nagy's outraged, unfortunate. Uh, and he should be fired. Uh, Matt Nagy and Sean Mannion in the same game? I mean, I think that's some sort of curse, I would say. 
All right, here we go. Sean Mannion going deep, and this one is caught. Sean Mannion's got the big arm. We know. Boom. All right. Does Sean Mannion's big arm save the Vikings this week? He's going to launch it from the 45-yard line of his own and get it all the way down to about the 2015. So we got about 35 yards right there clean. That was fantastic. All right, now Sean Mannion back in the red zone, down five with a chance to take the lead. Sean Mannion rolling out to the right, throwing back across his body to the dink and dunk, check down route for about seven yards. All righty, Sean Mannion on third down. Do we get a highlight? Flag, all righty. What's the next play? Here we go. We get a third and 18. The flag erases Sean Mannion's good play. Third and 18. Here we go. Set up screen, and they knock it down, and they have to settle for another field goal. So once again, a lot of field goals going on, but we get a quick highlight here. Sean Mannion down two points with five minutes left in the game. Third and three. Can Sean Mannion get it done? Oh, incomplete pass over the middle of the field. They have to settle for another field goal, and that one does go good. They got a one-point lead now Sean Mannion leading his team to a win mostly it's the running game all righty Bears going down on a drive Bears going to drive Bears kicking the game winning field goal with 10 seconds left Sean Mannion gonna have about 10 seconds to do something with the ball let's see now they're gonna kick off and they're gonna run it out they're going to trust their kick returner instead of Sean Mannion. I think that's the right choice. Here we go. Four seconds left at his own 20-yard line. Down two points. Can Sean Mannion get it done? Dropping back to pass. Dropping. And he's launching it deep. And it falls about 10 yards shy of the end zone. But let's count the yards on this ball right here. That's, I mean, we'll, we'll get a full... We'll, we'll, we'll know what Sean Mannion's arm is, right? So here he goes. He's going to launch it from the 20-yard line and get it all the way down to the 10. Man, 30 plus 40, that's 70 yards, folks. This man just launched it 70 yards. Now, granted, they only rushed two, and he had all the time to throw, but that's his max is 70 yards, which is absolutely great, obviously. So we know Sean Mannion's got the big arm. That's the best thing about Sean Mannion is his big arm. But no Adam Thielen, only Justin Jefferson now. Can these receivers for the Vikings catch those high balls, those 50-50 throws consistently against a good Packers defense? I don't know if he can. And just one thing quickly right here. This was just funny because I was looking for these highlights of Sean Mannion. And this guy posts a highlight clip on YouTube. And this is what he titles it. Seahawks, uh, Seattle Seahawks signed quarterback Sean Mannion. And then this is the first three seconds of the, of the clip, folks. You ready? He said, I couldn't find much good plays he made. So here's his plays from one game. Then the next uh, slide, he won't do that much anyway because Geno Smith is our backup quarterback. This was, you know, when he side with Seattle earlier. Uh, so here we go against the Saints. Is this the play? Is this the same one that we just watched? I think this is the same uh, preseason game we just watched, so we don't got to watch this again. Um, I think this is, yeah, the same one against the Saints. Uh, this was against the Saints, yeah. So, okay. All right. So that's Sean Mannion, folks.
big arm. That's the only positive we can think on Sean Mannion. So now we beg the question again. Let's see. Did we get any better value over the last 30 minutes while we were breaking down Sean Mannion? No, it's still Vikings plus 13 and a half. The only reason why Vikings plus 13 and a half seems like good value is because of the running game and because, you know, the Packers don't blow anybody out. But Sean Mannion, when you bring pressure on him, he can escape the pocket he can't escape the pressure anything like that those negative rushing yards folks um uh, glaring as heck so we're gonna stay away from betting this game just in totality we're not gonna swallow 13 and a half here with the Packers and we don't believe in Sean Mannion enough to get 13 and a half points so unfortunate here uh well I guess it's not unfortunate because we stayed away from potential bad value so that is a win in our book staying away from value so, Sean Mannion, no uh, no dice. We are not believing in that man this week. No, thank you. All right, now the last thing I want to do for today is just watch our favorite video right here. Week 17 NFL game picks and win probability. What are the machines saying about this week picks, this week's games? How are they comparing to our official picks? Are we on the side of the machines this week? Are we against the machines? And who do the machines think are going to be one game closer to truly securing their playoff spot this week? So, let's remind y'all of our picks this week. And we'll also see, well, we won't, we won't see it. Um, you know, about that Sean Mannion, Vikings pick and all that. Uh, they do these odds a little bit earlier in the week, so I'm sure it's still that seven-point hook, or that seven-point spread, and Kirk Cousins still able to go, so... Unfortunately, we won't get the official machines take on that Packers-Vikings game. But these are our official picks of the week. Let's remind y'all one more time before we get into the video. For our locks, we got the Dolphins plus three and a half, the Saints minus six and a half, and the Rams minus four and a half. We've got three 99% guarantees at the Texans plus 12, the Browns minus three and a half, and the Cardinals plus six and a half. And then our bonus pick of the week, which we believe is a trap bet we are staying away from, and we'll get the, the machine's take on our trap bet as well. We believe the trap bet is the Bengals plus five, so we are betting the Chiefs minus four and a half that's when we locked it in at uh so chiefs minus four and a half Bengals plus four and a half we believe is the trap so we're going the other side chiefs minus four and a half in our bonus pick of the week so here we go let's see what the machines are saying here we go first game up is the cardinals at the cowboys and they predict the cardinals to win outright 25 to 24 wow in a cover probability of 56 percent so yeah the machines are on our side this is too many points to give a great arizona cardinals team we're taking all those points right here and we believe this is going to be a close game a must be competitive game is what we're classifying it as as for the Cardinals a must be competitive game here so machines agree they went outright six and a half is tremendous value and the machines are right with us here love that love them the machines are coming around we've been at war with the machines uh you know for really you know the first half of the season you know we went on a little bit of a couple weeks where we weren't watching this every single week 
but when we were watching this, the machines were really going to war with us. We, 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 we were just not seeing eye to eye. We were just not lining up. But overall, for the most part, our thinking was right over the machines. And now the machines are on our side. They're probably watching our show because they're like, this dude knows what he's talking about. So machines have come around to us, folks. Now y'all just have to come around. The machines, we convinced the computers, AI, to come around on takes by fans. And y'all aren't. Y'all aren't. Come on, folks. Come on. <laughs> come on. All righty. So they predict the Cardinals win 25 to 24. All right, what do we got up here? Next game up, and can we go two for two? Is the machines going to agree seven for seven on all of our picks? Let's see, folks. We're one for one so far. Love it. Love it. All righty, next game up. What do we got? What do we got? What do we got? Whenever you want to switch. Damn, we don't need 20 seconds of the screen. Damn. All right, so now they do the Vikings-Green Bay game. They say the Packers win 29-21, a 60% win probability straight up. And then this was before the line ballooned because of, you know, Kirk Cousins being out. So we really can't take what the machines say here because this is just faulty information now. They believe Kirk Cousins is playing. They believe the line is Packers minus 6.5. So we can't really take any of this with any any weight at all so we disregard this entire game alrighty Next game up here, we get the Rams at the Ravens, and uh, they predict the final score to be 26-23 Rams here. So we took the Rams minus 4.5, and, and the machines aren't really agreeing with us here. So, alrighty, no 100% here. They had the line at uh, Rams minus 3.5 before it went up to Rams minus 4.5, and, and they've got the cover probability for the Ravens at 51%. But I just don't believe if they start... Lamar Jackson, that that ankle is going to be able to hold up. And Tyler Huntley, you know, next game, I don't know. I love what this Rams team has been doing these last two weeks, truly showing that they are like a complete competitive Super Bowl contender team in this league, not kind of waving back and forth every week. These last two, three weeks for the Rams have been truly impressive. Alrighty, what do we got next game up here? What do the machines got to say for themselves? Alrighty, one and one uh, in agreement with the machines so far this week. Next game up, and this is what we believed the trap bet to be. Uh, they say the Chiefs win 27-23, a 55% win probability for the Chiefs, and a cover probability of the Bengals at 51% at the Bengals plus four and a half. So the machines are saying that this is not a trap bet and that that uh, four and a half, five points, whatever you locked it in at for the Bengals is not, is great value overall. Uh, let's quickly see. Uh, let's refresh the lines here for this game. We saw it come down half a point. Is it coming down more half points? Are y'all still hammering the points with the Bengals and it's still at Bengals plus four and a half, Chiefs minus four and a half. All righty. So, alrighty, folks, ba uh, the machines are saying it's not a trap bat. We believe it is a trap bat. So, once again, we are go. We are not seeing eye to eye to the machines. So, alright, we're going to war with the machines again. They buttered us up on that first pick. Be like, no, we agree, because they want us to cozy up against the machines. That's, a, that's what the machines try to do, folks. They try to lure you in. Come to the digital world, the metaverse. Should I, do I dare say that? Do I get in trouble if I say the word metaverse? Um, but, you know, the machines try to 
to lure you in. Hey, hey, join artificial intelligence. Come over to the AI side. You've got to hold strong, folks. It's their game. They're trying to trick you. We see right through it. We see right through it. Back to war with the machines this week. All righty. We've been battle tested. We've went to war before, folks. We know it. We know their game plan. We are not falling for it. We still believe that it is, it is a trap bat. Machines don't agree. Who's right? We'll know tomorrow. Alrighty, what else do we got? Next game up here. Next game up, Browns at the Steelers. They say the Browns win by two, 22 to 20. We took the Browns minus three and a half, so the machines are not agreeing with us. Alright, it's truly the only the, the first game was the only game. Um, alrighty. So they say the Steelers have a 51% cover probability, obviously, at the plus three. Alrighty, next game up. Next matchup, next matchup, we get Eagles at Washington. They predict the Eagles to win 25 to 20, 57% win probability, and a 51% cover probability for the Eagles at minus four. Alrighty, we're staying away from this game all throughout. Uh, we love the Eagles, and we want to see them kind of close it up here on the road. All right, next game up here is the Dolphins at the Titans, and they predict the Titans to win 24 to 20 with a win probability for the Titans at 55% and a cover probability of 52% at minus 3.5 for the Titans. So, once again, we are not on the same odds here. We don't believe this Titans offense is going to have any luck against this Dolphins defense. We love the half a point hook on that three right there. Dolphins plus three and a half. We could definitely see this being a three point win game. So getting that extra half a point hook is where that value is. So we are still standing firm on the Dolphins plus three and a half. And no surprise, the machines don't agree with us. Man, oh man, they truly tricked me in that first, uh, that first pick. Damn. All right, next game up here, and it's a must-win here for the Chargers. They predict the uh, the Chargers to win the game 25 to 22 over the Broncos, but the Broncos at plus five and a half have a 53% cover probability. All righty, we'll see what Brandon Staley can do coaching-wise. Big, uh, big game there for him. He must get the win to try and keep in that playoff hunt going into Week 18. All right, next game up is the Colts and the Raiders, and they predict the Colts to win on a 57% win probability of winning 25-19 to 19, with a cover probability for the Ra Raiders at plus 7 at 51%. All right, we're staying away from this game. We'll see what this Colts team can do. If Frank Reich still makes Carson Wentz not throw the ball a lot, they'll win the game, but we've got to see how he handles the game plan overall. Then we get the Giants at the Bears. They predict the Bears to win 22 to 17 on a 56% win probability and a cover probability of 51% for the Giants. So, all right, uh, uh, the machines are predicting a lot of close games this week. What surprise is that? Uh, this one's not close here. Bucks winning 31 to 17 over the Jets with a 72% win probability and only a 52% cover probability of uh, 13 and a half minus 13 and a half. All right, what else we got? Bills at the Falcons. Bills win 31-16 on a 73% win probability and a 52% cover probability at minus 14.5. All righty, next one up here, Texans at the 49ers. And we take the points here with the Texans plus 12. And they say the 49ers win by 12, 29-17, a 69% win probability and a 52% cover probability for the Texans. Once again, I don't know if the machines knew that Jimmy Garoppolo is not playing at the time of this video because they kind of do it early in the week. 
Um, so we can't really take this at full value. They say the Patriots blow out the Jags. That's easy. 29 to 13, 73% win probability and a 53% cover probability for the Patriots at minus 15. Alrighty, what do we got? One more game up here, and here we go. Fantastic. Talking about the Panthers. Are the machines on the Panthers? Y'all know how we feel about the Panthers. Y'all know how we feel about the Panthers. Folks, they're trash. You never bet them. Stop betting the Panthers. So, the machines predict the Saints win, which is great. 24-17, so the machines aren't fancy with the Panthers. 57% win probability for the Saints. And the cover probability at 51% for the Panthers. So they're telling you to bet the Panthers. That's all you need to know about the machines, folks. We just told you they tried to swindle you. They tried to lure you into the metaverse by buttering you up. This is the prime example. Stay away from the machines. Stop betting the Panthers, folks. Uh, you know, are we in the matrix right here? Unplug from the Panthers. The machines are saying plug into the Panthers. We are telling you to unplug from the Panthers. I don't want to declare myself Neo here, but mm, it's all lining up to it. So don't bet the Panthers. Don't fall to the machines, folks. We are not seeing eye to eye to the machines. Come to us. Come to the actual flesh and blood, the humans right here. Stop fancying the machines. They don't know what they're talking about. Alrighty, folks, that is going to do it for us today. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. We are back live tomorrow, noon Eastern, for our pregame show. Let's see if we have any game day gut feelings. Let's see uh, what happens last second, ins and out. We'll break them all down. Last second, best bets. We'll break them all down and all that tomorrow, live, noon Eastern, leading up to that 1 o'clock slate. We'll go for about 50, 55 minutes, and uh, you know, we will give you our best bets and all that. Um, Alright, so that's going to do it for us today. Any breaking news as we were live for the last hour and 22 minutes out here? Uh, anything good? Anything breaking? Notre Dame out for their bowl game today? RIP to Michigan for getting absolutely slaughtered last night. Unfortunate. And y'all want to expand the playoffs. Both those playoff games were not the greatest, folks. And y'all want more of that. And now we get a rematch about Alabama and Georgia to watch another blowout there for Alabama in the title game. I mean, that's what y'all want. More blowouts? Keep it at four, folks. Keep it at four and start voting the right teams in, please. Alrighty, so that is uh, that is it, folks. Nothing live, nothing breaking, so we are out of here. Let's make some money tomorrow in the NFL. We'll stay away from betting the NBA tonight. Alrighty, folks, that's it for us. We're out of here. Enjoy your first day of the year. It's a new year, new you. Go get it done, folks. We'll